Hey everybody, welcome back to That Girl with me, Danielle Decker. So glad you're with me today and spending some time with me. Happy Friday. So looking forward to a fall weekend this weekend. I hope you guys have had a great week thus far. I know I have. We've kind of had a little break from school, so we're kind of doing a few things here and there. But I tell you what, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know how we do school. We're so stinking busy doing all sorts of other things. But we fit it in. And uh, anyway, we're just we're having a kind of a, a nice week where we're not feeling the rush of all of that. So it's kind of nice to have a Friday morning at home and uh, just kind of relaxing today. And uh, so I thought today was a great great day to record and um, I'm excited about what God's given uh, us today and um, I hope that you will be blessed by it. I just want to say thank you for every single person that lins- that listens and especially sharing. Uh, sharing this podcast helps me grow this ministry that God has so graciously given to me, but it also is a way to uh, encourage others that sometimes when we don't have the words to say, um, it's nice when we can send a sermon or send a podcast or even something as simple as sending a song. And so I encourage you to do that, not because it's me, but because it's the word of God and um, that God has given us one another and given each of us gifts that we would be blessed by each other. And I pray that um, through this podcast, you can be blessed and also share that blessing with others. So please know that every time you share this podcast with someone or share it on your social media, it means so much to me and um, I just appreciate it so much. So uh, in saying all of that, today I kind of want to dig into something that's um, a little bit heavy, but not at the same time. Um, you guys know, I mean, I'm always going to be talking about uh, Jesus coming back. You're going to hear that in every single one of my podcasts, and I'm not going to apologize for it. But, you know, as I've said a hundred times before, I'll never be the same. Um, every single day, every single day. There is more news coming out, more things that are happening. And it's not just, it's, well, it's really not things that are happening in, happening in America. Sure, there are things happening happening in America, of course, that are pointing to the return of Jesus. But there's so many things happening uh, elsewhere um, that we really see the signs. And it's incredible. It's incredible. And right now, there's so much devastation. There's so many things happening. And so we continue to pray a blessing over people that are experiencing loss and tragedy and, and gosh, just, you know, I don't know, name, name the sad thing that's happening in our world, but in those prayers and, and while we weep with those who are weeping, um, it's okay for us to rejoice with those who are rejoicing as we see the return of our Lord Jesus, that Jesus said, um, all these things must happen in order for the son to be revealed and for him to return. And, um, in, and in those things, he says, fear not, but to look up and rejoice as we see 
the redemption drawing near. And so in those prayers and while we mourn with others that have lost, it's okay to still say, Lord, I know that you are still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are still in control. You still sit on your throne and through devastation, um, that more people would come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus, that um, we can turn others to you. And Lord, we know that you're coming soon. And uh, something that I feel like in America uh, that we are struggling with, I mean, this is, not, I, I mean, I don't even know that struggling is, is a deep enough word um, for what is happening, um, uh, specifically with children uh, and the agenda that is being pushed on them, but adults as well, uh, young adults uh, especially. And, um, but it plagues us, uh, even Christians in a certain sense. And um, that is our identity. I think we have a serious crisis, a scheme of the devil that people do not know their identity. And while that identity is coming out in the flesh as I don't know if I'm a boy or a girl, I don't know if I um, like boys or if I like girls, I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know who I am. The, the much, much deeper reality at its core is we don't know who we are in Christ. That, that is the identity. See, the world tries to give us and tell us who we are, but the world has no idea about identity. It just, it can't, it doesn't because our identity comes from Christ and the world doesn't know Christ. And so when we don't know who we are in Christ, that foundation is completely crumbled. It's lost. There isn't one. So we try to find our identity in everything else, anything and everything, because we are desperately searching for someone or something to validate us, to tell us who we are so we can fit in, so we can um, think that uh, we can be a part of this group or we can be this or that and the other thing. And with all of that is mass confusion is a uh, burdensome condemnation, none of those things that people are searching for to find validation will ever give us the fulfillment that we need. Because here's the reality. We were created in his image. That is who we are. And we were created for him. We were created to love him. Our, our innermost being, whether you're saved or not, cries out to worship and honor God, but also to be loved by him. But when you don't know him, there's, a, a, there's an ache deep within you, but you try to fill that with every other thing other than him. And that's why people come up short and they're let down and, and there's so much sin and there's so much addiction. And I, there's so many things that happen because we try to fill ourselves with things of the world. We try to identify ourselves with things of the world, but none of that, none of it can fill the void that only Jesus can fill. And so when you're constantly being let down by the thing that you thought was going to give you your identity, you're going on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And my gosh, 
what a sad, horrible existence, honestly. And so I want to talk about this a little bit because I want to encourage all of us. Because listen, I am telling you right now, the world wants you to listen to what it says that you should be. You should be this. You should be that. Or you can choose what you can be. And this is where we have a very sick, disgusting, twisted um, agenda that is being almost forced upon our children and uh, our young adults. And um, I want to start there and, and, and we can move on from there. But um, I want to just start in Genesis. I mean, this is the very first book of the Bible. This is God creating. And in Genesis 1 verse 27, God says, or the, the word says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And I want to start there because I know that most of my listeners are not wondering if they were born to be the wrong sex. You're not wondering that. Praise God. However, I'm not sure. Well, it's it's a scheme of of the devil. It's a it's a scheme to completely mutilate the brains of of our kids to break their spirits mentally, emotionally, just destroy their lives to allow them or to even put thoughts in their mind at all ever why about um if you could be a boy or a girl if you could choose now i won't downplay or dismiss people that have a serious mental illness listen there are mental illnesses out there that people struggle with that are absolutely horrible heartbreaking uh life-changing mental um illnesses of course and i would never ever downplay that ever uh that's very real we live in a fallen world we live where there are illnesses that's never going to go away until jesus comes and 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 makes the earth his again but in saying that there's a lot of agenda out there that um this is not I mean, I guess at the core of it, it is mental illness. Why would we even be talking to children or giving them the um, the option to choose whether you think you should be something else or not? I, 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 I can't understand why we would even be talking to kids about this at all. But in saying all of that, if you are a Christian, it, th- this is where we get our foundation. If you are wondering, well, could someone decide? Could someone choose? Could I allow this? The answer is no, because we find it right here in the Bible. And if we believe one thing about the Bible or five things about the Bible, we have to believe all of the Bible. Because see, we don't get to pick and choose which things sound good and which things don't. And uh, we we build a foundation and then we build upon that according to the word of the Lord. And, and that's where we, that is the final say. That is the end all be all. And so if we can build a foundation based upon the truth of God's word, we are going to be able to much better fight the the schemes and the wiles of the enemy because 
because we have a foundation. We know exactly what God says and we never have to question it. We're so full of truth that we can fight a lie because we can spot it from a mile away because the truth is set in stone. Amen. So when when people begin to question, we can say, no, I, I know that God told me that he created them male and female. That's it. End of story. Um, there is no confusion. And if there is a legitimate uh, confusion, that is a, an, an issue that, please, should be addressed. And I believe that God is an overcomer, uh, that you are an overcomer uh, through Christ. And uh, I believe that there is health and healing to all that are oppressed uh, by any sort of illness. And so that is where we, we have to start. But see, there's so much more identity crisis than that. Because if you're not struggling with something like boys and girls, we struggle with who am I? Who am I? And more so, whose am I? Where do I fit in? Where do I belong? And what does God say about me? Does God care about me? Does God care about my life and things that I'm I'm dealing with? And how can I... Find peace in in a in a crazy world, right? I don't know where I fit in. And in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, God says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. The thing is, is he says, I sanctified you. And that word just means set you apart. See, when when we were born in this generation, which is the church age, the age of grace in which we have Jesus, we are the ones, we are the generation that is so blessed to say, I have Jesus. He is my identity. He came, he died, he rose again that I might receive him and I have been set apart. That God knew you he knew who you were. He knew who, 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 you're, who you are now, who you're going to be. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. But see, when we are unsure of what God says, when we're unsure of who we're supposed to be and what our life is supposed to look like, we can be caught up in so many other things because we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. Imagine your child wandering in this world saying, I, I don't know who I am. I, I don't know who I belong to. I don't know who my parents are. I don't know who my family is. I, 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 don't, I don't know how scary and lonely and lost that would feel and how much your heart would ache and break for your child. But imagine God saying that to us, that we wander this earth wondering, who am I? I don't know my heritage. I don't know where I come from. I don't know who I belong to. All the while, God is saying, you are mine. I've known you since before I knitted you together in your mother's womb. You are my child. I love you and you are a part of my heritage. Heaven's kingdom, that is who you are. You are co-heirs with Christ, with Christ. God's own son, 
That's who you are. You are co-heirs. The Bible tells us that we are seated in the heavenly places with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. As Jesus sat down, we sit with him, receiving the inheritance of Jesus Christ. That no matter where we go, we still have his name. Just as your child, if they left right now, went to a completely different continent, they would still be your child. There's nothing that could change that. No, no time, no space, no nothing that could separate the fact that they are your child. And that is who we are with Jesus. There's nothing that can separate us from the Father because we've received that name. We have received the name of Jesus. And when we've received that name, we have to recognize who we are. Because when we know who we are, we can act like who we are. Amen. And I want to go to a couple verses here. I need to pull them up because it's important for us. Okay, Danielle, you keep saying we need to know who we are. Well, who are we, right? And in 1 Corinthians 6, Verses 19 through 20. Well, wow. See, this is just so good. I'm going to start in verse 18. It says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. And you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And now if you were able to walk into a place and someone said to you, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit, would you not respect it? Would you not treat it with such fragility and such such honor and in awe of this specific place? Because it's like, this is where the Holy Spirit dwells. My goodness, how incredible is that? But God's literally saying that that's us. That's who we are. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit that God thought you were so good that he loved you so much that he sent his son and Jesus paid the price for you because we're not our own. We are God's because he is the one that created us. He is the one that made us who we are, each individuals with our own gifts and our own talents our own life to live, our own uh, people to, to uh, help to come to know who Jesus is. And I say this all the time because it's so important that you have to understand who you are. If you don't know who you are, it's very hard to step into your purpose. And at the very, very bottom, the biggest foundation is that you are God's child. He says that we have been brought into the family by adoption that we would be called sons and daughters. And our body is a temple. Could we not treat our mind and our body with the same reverence that we would treat someplace else that held the Holy Spirit? 
that we are not our own, but we're God's. And he dwells within us. And therefore, if he dwells within us, we can much more easily see the schemes, right? See the schemes and the things that are happening in our world that are trying to break us down, break our children down, that, that are causing people to question who they are down to the very being of, of gender. My goodness, this is mind boggling. But here's the reality. If no one has ever told you who you are, it's so much easier to start guessing and wondering because you don't know. And if you don't know, you try to find the answer and they look for the answer in all the wrong places. God is the only answer. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. There is only one way. There's only one truth. And that's God. There is nothing else. And that's a good thing because we don't have to search very far because God is close and he is near and he is knocking on your door and everyone else is saying, I am here, allow me to come in. And as you surrender more and more and more to his plan every single day, the easier it becomes to see who you are because God does the work from the inside out. So that way you don't have to. You don't have to do the work when you allow God to do the work for you. He is the one that comes in and takes up residency. He is the one that comes in and tells us who we are. Amen. He is the one that loves us with an everlasting love. I want to read here in 2 Corinthians, I, 2 Corinthians 3 and... Um, I'm just going to read this whole thing because God's word, I, I just, it's so, so good. Every time I go to write just like one verse, I just start reading the whole thing. It's like, I want more and I want to give you more. And in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 12, it says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is being taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. And I love this because when, when, God dwelt with Moses, they couldn't even look at his face. There was such a separation between the, the people of Israel and God. They didn't have a savior. There was a separation. They couldn't even look upon his glory. He, Moses had to put a veil over his face. And, and that veil, what this is telling us is that veil is taken away through Jesus 
That when that veil is, is, is removed, we can see Jesus for who he is. And when we see Jesus for who he is, we see ourselves that as we behold him, just as in a mirror, we begin to see ourselves. We're not perfect. We're never going to be. We're not. But, but. As we see him, we can begin to see ourselves more and more, that we can become more like him. And as we become more like him, the more we have the truth, we don't have to worry about the lies of the enemy that try to steal our life. Remember, the enemy comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill you, destroy you. Steal your life, steal your joy, steal the life of your child, your children and your family. Listen, I, I, I know I say this and I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer. I don't. I, 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 I'm, I'm hoping that this, is, that this can encourage you because we cannot deny the fact that there's crazy things happening in our world. There are agendas out there and things, lies, just everywhere, everywhere. But this, I want this to encourage you to begin to see more truth so you can much more easily spot the lie. If you don't know who you are and you don't know the truth, you cannot spot the lie and you begin to, to, to think the lie is the truth because it's all you're saturating yourself in. You must saturate yourself in the word of God and what Jesus says, because the world is after you. They're after your kids. They're after your family. And it's after your life and everything about you. And it will saturate you every single second. So if you are not intentionally saturating yourself in the word of God and spending time with Jesus and letting him overwhelm you, you will be overwhelmed by the world. No ifs, ands, buts about it. I promise you. Because that's what it's intended to do. But God says, but I have brought you my word. I have, I have put my word in your heart. I have filled you with the Holy Spirit. That when you receive Jesus, you receive the helper, which is full of, of, of truth. That's who the Holy Spirit is. You don't have to question and wonder. Because your spirit is the same Holy Spirit that dwells within Jesus. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the spirit that lives and dwells within you. How much power that is. And if we would live our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the name of Jesus, with the inheritance of God, the King of Kings, how different would our lives be? I think they would be very different. So you don't have to question your identity any longer. And I'm going to tell you right now, you better start speaking to your kids and reminding them of who they are, that they are God's beloved child. They are chosen and loved by him every single day, that God never makes a mistake, that God has a plan and a purpose for them, that they're loved beyond measure, that they're not found guilty, that they're good. You have to speak those things because I'm going to tell you right now, the world is talking to them and telling them, you should be this. You could do this. You might be this. You could do this. Listen, it's happening. 
It's happening. Stop denying it and start doing something about it. And do it for yourself. That when you're built up, how much easier it is to build up the ones around you. Amen? God is not confused about who you are. He knows exactly who you are. And he is well pleased with you. He loves you. He wants you to rise to your plan and purpose so you can live out the fulfilled life that he has set out before you. He has everything you need. Surrender to him every day, every day that you would be able to walk out that plan and purpose until the day Jesus comes. And I'm telling you that day is coming soon. That day is coming soon. But until then, Lord, find us faithful. I pray that you guys were all blessed by this message today. Please share this message with someone else that needs to be encouraged. Share it on your social media and let's grow the word that God has. Stay in the word. Spend some time with God. Have a great weekend and I'll see you here next week at That Girl.